Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your last place, Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. I am Sam Marku, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Mr. Christopher Colin. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Oh, I'm drinking it all in, Sam. It's good to be behind the mic again. Uh, be back in Perfectville. I was uh, checking into my hotel, uh, my suite, my Hall of Fame suite. Never felt sweeter. There you go. Well, uh, speaking of sweet, uh, sweet support this week comes from Manscaped. That's right, Manscaped. Once again, supporting Welcome to Perfectville. Uh, they are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Come on. Uh, we all know Chris has told us stories. I've told us stories. If you aren't do, using this product or if you've ever tried to manscape in the past, you know what you've done. You know what you did wrong. You clipped up your balls. You made them bleed. You hurt yourself. You were embarrassed to show your plucked chicken after that. There was nothing you could do. So don't do that. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside the perfect package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. That's right, nice. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls, you disgusting pigs. That is just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver. You know what that is, Chris? No, I don't. What is it's it, an, Sam? It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Chris's balls stink. I can smell them from here in California, and he's on the East Coast. They stink, guys. That's just It's just nature. Speaking hey, I said all day. That's right. And speaking of sweaty, stinky balls, I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. Chris, this product, along with the Crop Observer, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. All these products smell good, by the way. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. And by that, I think we mean sex. That's right, sex. <laughs> the perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. There's a lot of chafing going on. You notice this? This entire company is based on just people not knowing how to clean themselves. And the market is huge because all these guys, our listeners, the citizens of Perfectville and everyone else, they're all disgusting. They don't know how to take care of themselves. So these products are here, Chris, from Manscaped to help them out. And tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's right, BIGHEADS, your balls. Well, thank you. And one more time, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code BIGHEADS. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Well, Chris, uh, be proud of your balls if you use manscaped.com. And uh, that kind of leads us to our discussion about the 3-11 and Miami Dolphins. 
we went from accepting the fact that we were tanking for Tua to seeing this improvement week in and week out to now maybe seeing improvement but also losing. Uh, there's two more games here. We're going to talk about the Bengals game in here in just a second. We lose to the awful New York Giants. It wasn't even close. Um, are you proud of the Miami Dolphins here in 2019? Where do you stand right now with the season almost over uh, with your fandom as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins? Proud or not? Uh, I mean, proud? No. I mean, I guess, well, that's a tough question. So we've got, I think it was something, the number was ridiculous. It was like 19 to 20, like undrafted free agents played in the last game. Uh, we're on the field at some point, including a bunch of fifth and sixth and seventh round picks. These guys are doing the best they can. I mean, like Van Ginkle and Bill and uh, Parker, the other Parker on defense and uh, Ryan Lewis and these guys that we signed two days ago are trying their best against Arguably a Hall of Famer in Eli Manning in his last game at home in New York. Um, and it's just uh, proud. No, uh, I'm not proud of them. They they suck. We're 3-11 and out of 14 games. We won three of them. So, right. no, you can't be proud of that. Uh, but I am hopeful that Flores in the front office has got a plan and it's going how they assumed it would, and we get out of this unscathed um, with a quick turnaround this offseason. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to – it's not hard to improve from three wins, and, you know, Max were going to have his five wins if we were to somehow beat both the Bengals and the Patriots here the last two weeks. Um, I think there's a good – it stands to reason we'll probably get four wins. I think we probably beat the Bengals. We'll talk about that a little bit more. I don't think we beat the Patriots, who are still fighting for their playoff positioning here. Um, but uh, – it doesn't. It doesn't take much to improve from four and twelve. Let's just give them one win. Four and twelve. Um, so twenty twenty. If you go six and ten, you're like, okay, there's improvement. But it's also about the type of play that you're seeing out there. I think this team is actually starting to show some discipline and starting to show that they can hang with you know the more talented clubs out there as soon as they get talent into you know into the fold. Right now, we really don't have a lot of that, especially across the offensive line. Uh, defensively, we're still not getting after the quarterback as much as you'd probably like, although I am starting to see some flashes from some of the wrinkles, uh, wrinkles rookies. Uh, Van Ginkle, as I was trying to say, as I said, uh, rookies, uh, got himself a sack. Christian Wilkins, who dressed up like the bicentennial man uh, for this Giants game. Um, I, if you guys didn't see that on Twitter, you can check it out at Perfectville Pod. Dude looked like he walked right off a twenty dollars bill, as somebody said. Um, you know, he, he, yeah, he's really starting to come into his own, even as a rookie here. I, I think I'm, a, you know, I'm not, I'm not unproud. I, I mean, I, I like the progress that I saw with Devontae Parker. I'm, I'm excited to see what Preston Williams can do coming back next year. Um, I think Brian Flores is the right coach right now, kind of steering the ship. Um, I, I'm willing to give them another, at least another season and off season um, to make themselves right. But you know, it's it, you're going to have to see marked improvement next year. I mean, uh, is it fair to if they go four and twelve to say, all right, next year we need to see eight and eight, or we're going to start getting worried, or is that too much pressure too soon? No, I don't think it's too much pressure. I don't, I, but I also wouldn't say you're fired if you don't go eight and eight. But I would set an expectation that's much higher than the season we've had um and it, a lot of it has to be uh injuries and guys that we have like i mean think about it we, we get rid of drake balage goes on ir um we are literally running our number one running back is patrick laird mm. who was a fourth quarter preseason guy with gaskins or seventh round rookie as his backup kind of splitting snaps um linemen i've never heard of dbs that are just like you know, literally guys off the street that um, have very fresh mail 
when they get home, and it's from the XFL, like yeah. expect, expecting them to be drafted or uh, so guys that they want to look at, and they're starting for us. So um, <laughs> you get three first-round picks, two second-round picks, all the cap space that we have. There's no way you go into the next season with the same expectations we came into this one because already the fan base is – teetering um you look on the social media you look at um things like our um 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 viewership of the games in the local markets down there it's it's bad and um it's one of those things where they there has to be a rhyme for a reason that we did what we did this season or else things could really come off the hinges quickly and i don't think steven ross is planning on doing a second tank like a a two-year thing um there's just no way to do it you have to get a quarterback this year you have to use your next second two first round picks to really get some superstars sign some free agents that want to play with these guys and go out there with the expectations of competing for a wild card just uh, you got to be that team that's on the you know every time you show a game every week over to the right they're in the hunt if, 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 at the end of the season you just want to be there I'm not saying you have to be a playoff team or a Super Bowl contender but there has to be some kind of an upward swing or else things are going to get ugly yeah and you know what's funny is that you talked about uh, Patrick Laird who was a fourth quarter preseason guy you know we often joke uh, week in or year in a year out about the fourth preseason game and how it's everybody bagging groceries turns out the people that were playing the fourth quarter preseason or fourth game of preseason for the Miami Dolphins are now our starters you're absolutely right I hadn't thought right. about that so for everybody out there who thinks that the fourth preseason game doesn't matter you too can almost start for a, a, a an almost football team <laughs> called the Miami Dolphins if you just hang in there uh you're right I mean uh, there's not a lot of talent there at least not a lot of um uh jumping off the page talent right I mean we had we do have a couple pieces there and a couple pieces that have shown themselves and 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 maybe playing uh beyond what the metrics would tell you but uh you mentioned the draft picks. We got three of them in the first round, two in the second round. And when these transactions happened, meaning Laramie Tunzel to the Houston Texans and Mika Fitzpatrick to the Pittsburgh Steelers, we were all kind of jumping up and down thinking, all right, cool, we're going to have three high first-round draft picks. We've been rooting against the Steelers and the Texans all season long. And as it turns out, Chris, the Houston Texans are probably going to win their division, so they're a playoff team. And <laughs> right now, if the playoffs were to start right now as we record this, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be a sixth seed. So both of those picks Ugh. are now you know, in the mid 20s, if you will, and could be worse depending on how far they go into the playoffs if they both uh, hang on there. Um, and, and to make matters worse, the players we sent to them uh, are now all pro bowlers. Uh, it was announced Laramie Tunzel is a pro bowler. Mika Fitzpatrick is a pro bowler. Um, get this, if, if you haven't gotten this, Jarvis Landry is a pro bowler out of Cleveland. And probably the biggest insult to injury, we didn't trade for him, but we let him go. The most polarizing player that we've had for such a long time, uh, Mr. Never Gonna Lead the Miami Dolphins Anywhere as a quarterback, Ryan Tannehill is a uh. pro bowl alternate. So uh, you have your left tackle, you have... Your former wide receiver, starting wide receiver, number one. You have uh, a very young uh, safety that we had high hopes for, and of course the starting quarterback. All now Pro Bowlers for the uh, AFC, and uh, the Miami Dolphins have zero. <laughs> Not even Devontae Parker, if you can believe that. So that's how's bullshit. that? Yeah, I mean that is bullshit. We could talk about that. But what are your thoughts on the the 2018 Miami Dolphins all being Pro Bowlers, while the 2019 Miami Dolphins are are not? I think all that does is put added pressure on Chris Greer. Um, He has to, absolutely has to, find 
Pro Bowl talent with the picks he got from those guys. And it's not just a one-year thing because there's a lot of guys that have gone to the Pro Bowl once. Um, But I don't think Minka Fitzpatrick or Laramie Tunzel are those types of players. They are future multi-year, multi-time Pro Bowlers. Now, we know it's a popularity contest, but both of them absolutely earned it. I saw statistics on Tunzel, and he is, like, winning 95% or some bullshit of of his past pro. Like, he is just stupid good. Um, And then Minka, of course, we've everybody's seen it nationally. They love to start talking about this guy all of a sudden when he wasn't a Dolphin, uh, but said nothing when he was with us, Um, which is fine. You know, Steelers are a better team. They're a bigger market. That's good. Uh, Longer storied, possibly uh, tradition, especially more recently. Oh, I I don't Um, think there's any question. They've been good in the 70s, 90s, you know, 2000s and beyond. They're, they're, They're a much more storied franchise than the Dolphins at this point, for sure. But Greer now is going into this, and Stephen Ross has got to sit down and look at him and say, look, we listened to you. We did this thing. We got two first-round picks for Laramie, uh, second as well, and a first for Minka. And we said, analytically, this makes sense. We're going to um, bring in more talent. And I've said this before. I'd rather have five good defensive players and one superstar. Mm. Um, so Greer has to hit on these picks. And like you said, the Texans and Steelers are making that harder by winning uh, because now they're late round picks, but he has no excuse. We have the ammunition to trade up if we want to. We have the free agency money to get somebody from another team that possibly would be in our boat next year that's looking to sell cheap, possibly, you know, a young talent. We have to start being that team that's on the buyer side that's making sense and bringing in guys that are leading them to the playoffs and making Pro Bowls, or we're going to be stuck in purgatory forever. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> that kind of leads me to uh, our, our, our world-renowned, award-winning uh, segment that we do here every single time we do a show. Of course, Finn or Finished, this is where we talk about a current player here in 2019 and whether or not they're going to be on the Miami Dolphins in 2020 and beyond. And Chris, we've had a pretty good list here of both offensive and defensive players. A guy that we, I think, assumed was a one-year wonder, one-hit wonder, whatever you want to call him, Um Turns out he's now making it very difficult, at least on me, as to whether or not I would like to see him back on the team next year and whether or not he should be on the team next year. And, of course, I'm talking about uh, your nominee for this week, quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick has uh, thrown a touchdown, I think, for 58 of the 32 teams in the NFL now, uh, now that he's done that for the (laughs) Miami Dolphins. Uh, He is our leading passer. He is our leading rusher. He is our leading scorer. Um, That's not saying much when you're 3-11, and but literally this guy could end the season as the leading rusher for the Miami Dolphins at the age of 38 years old or whatever age he is as a quarterback who wasn't ever really known for being a rushing quarterback. He's not Lamar Jackson out there, uh, but that's how bad the running backs have been for the Miami Dolphins in the running game in general for the Miami Dolphins that Ryan Fitzpatrick, old man Fitzpatrick, who was only supposed to be a starter for like two games before Josh Rosen took over, turns out to be the starter for the majority of the season, probably going to get 3,000 yards passing, uh, probably going to end with uh, a pretty good quarterback rating and a pretty good individual season. Um, He signed a two-year contract before he, you know, when he came here to the Dolphins, if I'm not mistaken, I think you and I both assumed he was a one-year patch. He was our, uh, he was our band-aid, right? We even had a whole segment about it. Uh, but now that we're three and eleven, now that Josh Rosen really doesn't seem to have the confidence of anybody within the Miami Dolphins organization, uh, now that Tua is out with a with an injured hip, and who knows what his future is, and that the Bengals are probably going to take Joe Bur- Joe Burrows with their number one overall pick. Um, it kind of muddies the waters a little bit, doesn't it, with Ryan Fitzpatrick? So what do you think, fin or finished in 2020? 
Um, I think it depends. I, I think it'd be smart to keep them. Um, I don't know what's going on with Rosen, though, uh, tied into that, because it's going to be interesting. You don't keep – or, I mean, I guess you can, but yeah, I don't think you keep Fitzpatrick, Rosen, and then a first-round quarterback right. uh, because no one's going to make the first-round quarterback the third-string guy, and uh, Rosen's not going to stick around to be a third-stringer. So I don't know what you do there. Uh, but I got an interesting stat. Sam, I want to ask you a question. Um the last two seasons, not counting this year, the last two seasons, give me a number combined. The last two seasons, Ryan Fitzpatrick was sacked. Uh, not including this season or this season and last season? Not in, not including this season. The 2018 and 2017 season. Okay, I mean, so I'm, he was with the Buccaneers, if I'm not mistaken. And yes. he was in and out in terms of a starter with Jameis Winston. I'm going to say in 2017, 2018, I'm not looking this up. I don't have any access to it. Combined. I'm going to say combined he was sacked. I'm going to say 85 times. Okay. Uh, the number's 21. Oh, holy Combined. shit. Combined. Guess how many times he's been sacked this year? 85 times. Two game, <laughs> two, yeah, two games left. 36 times. Okay, so in one season with the Miami Dolphins, he was, he's was he been sacked 36 times. He'll probably break 40 if we're not, you know, if we're being honest here, before the end of the season. And then the two seasons prior, it's literally half of that. Combined. And he's been in the league for 14 years. Mm. The highest he's ever been sacked in his entire career is 38 times. Was so, he with the Jets when that happened or the Bills? He was in 2008 with Cincinnati. Oh, well, shit. Yeah. yeah. So um, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been sacked 36 times. Where am I going with this? He's been playing on a really bad team, and he's having a really good year. Like, it, he's doing well. Like, I mean, yeah, he's got 12 picks, 15 touchdowns, but he's slinging the rock, and I think he's doing something that the receivers if you, and, and the runs, oh, my God, did he get fucking obliterated by Ogletree on Sunday, and he just got up, and it's cool to watch him run. He's like 39 years old, 48 years old, 52 years old, whatever it is, and these guys are trying to destroy him, and he gets up and does this weird flex thing where it looks like he's shitting himself and the young guys around him dig it like Parker's helping him up hitting his helmet they're just going crazy they're having fun with this guy and it goes all the way back Sam to off season me and you both you can look at it it's on the record it's in the archives and welcome to perfectville.com we said this guy would make this season entertaining Absolutely. and I think I would have quit watching football if he wasn't on this team this year because it's been a terrible year but goddamn he's one him and parker and a few other guys one of the bright spots yeah and uh, also fuck you to you he's a he's a month younger than i am but for the record he, he <laughs> was years he's hugely old he is i'm not the one getting beat up by uh you know 300 pound defensive lineman every single week of my of, for the last 14 years uh yeah i mean despite all that like you said 15 tds not not light the world on fire 12 interceptions uh, a couple of those, I don't know if they're his fault. Uh, we, we were talking about that with Ryan Tannehill as well. We can get into that and maybe something that the NFL needs to do in terms of stats uh, when it comes to interceptions. But 3,000 3, yards uh, receiving on a really – or th- uh, uh, throwing on a, on a really bad team um, where he wasn't the starter all the way through, right? He did miss two games. So those stats, he, he'd probably be closer to about 20 touchdowns and well over 3,000. And uh, he's got a QB rating that's in the 80s. I mean, he's not having a terrible season, even though he's playing for a terrible team. Um, I, I, You know, four weeks ago, I'd probably say finished. I'd probably say, hey, you got to go get your, your, your young quarterback and you pair him with Josh Rosen and go. 
I think I've turned. I, I think I had Josh Rosen staying on this team earlier this season. I think Josh Rosen is gone, and I think Ryan Fitzpatrick stays. It's one or the other. You can't keep both, in my opinion, because you're right. You can't make a rookie a third stringer. You can't make Josh Rosen a third stringer. And maybe you can make Ryan Fitzpatrick a token third stringer. But how many teams are carrying three quarterbacks now? It's not It's not really something that's happening very often. Yeah. You're carrying two so you can go get another you know, lineman or, or, or safety or whatever uh, on that roster. And you just kind of figure, hey, you know, hedging our bets, we're probably not going to get to the third string quarterback in any given game. Game, so we don't need that. Um, I have a hard time thinking the Dolphins are going to change from that trend next year. So I think you keep Ryan Fitzpatrick. You you figure out what to do with Josh Rosen, whether you cut him or trade him, and then you go draft yourself uh, a young quarterback or sign somebody else. I guess if they sign a veteran, now that I'm talking myself out of it, if they sign a veteran QB, Ryan Fitzpatrick is gone. Let's just say, for shits and giggles, Chris, that sure. they sign Cam Newton. If they sign Cam Newton, Ooh. Ryan Fitzpatrick is out of here. Um, if they don't sign a veteran QB because they're like, we have Ryan Fitzpatrick right here, then I think Josh Rosen is out of here and you draft a QB. That's what I think is going to happen. Do you, um, dumb question, and I host a NFL team podcast, so fuck me, but um, does free agency start before the draft? Yes. Yeah, so the, the league year okay. starts, I want to say March 1st, and I think the draft is like, right. uh, you know, like fucking eight, November, eight, eight November or, or some shit. Yeah, I don't know when the draft is. It seems like it, they like keep it. pushing it back further and further. Um, yeah, so the free agency happens first. So the good news about that is that you, you, you do get a sense of, you know, you can start to position a little bit, and you can start to see the chess match that the Miami Dolphins are doing. If they sign a bunch of offensive you know uh, high-priced offensive linemen uh, then maybe they're not going to go with like a you know Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama in the first round like a lot of people have them projected if they go out and get a running back uh, maybe they aren't going to go get you know the, the kid from Ohio State or anything like that because they just went out and got Austin Eckler as an example right or Melvin Gordon or whoever um, so you'll start to see those trends and okay now we can start to see where their needs are and where they need to go um but they need a quarterback. I think they, regardless, there's not going to be a quarterback that's available that's like two or three years into the league that's really, really good that just somehow comes on the market. It's just not going to happen. So they are going to have to go draft a quarterback. They're probably going to have to draft one high. Um, now the debate becomes, is it going to be Tua? And if it is Tua, do you draft him You know, if, if you're the second overall pick? Or is he going to be available if you're number five overall and you sit there and wait? Or are you going to have to package one of those three or two of those three first-rounders to go up and get him if that's your guy? A lot of questions. Yeah, the draft is going to be one of the most interesting drafts we've had in a very long time, if ever. Um, maybe since our first overall or year with Jake Long, uh, even though, or, or you know, Matt Ryan, Jake Long, which one do you do? And then, of course, the Ronnie Brown draft with Brady mm. Quinn. Uh, I'm sorry, the Ted Ginn draft with Brady Quinn, and then the Ronnie Brown draft where he went second overall after Alex Smith. Uh, I, I think this is going to be bigger because, and, and then also, you mentioned something pretty interesting. You mentioned a chess match. Um, that's what this offseason is going to be. And it's going to be very interesting to see Chris Greer's salesmanship and his sales uh, ability because free agency does start first. So he is going to have to, before Tua, before Herbert or, 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 or from, or um, and possibly the, you know, the, the LSU guy, he, he's going to have to sell free agents, his plan and what we're going to do to where guys aren't signing big money deals to come play here and suck again. He's going to have to do that. He's going to have to have groundwork laid, a uh, blueprint out, a business plan, so to speak, of how the Miami Dolphins project and how much better they're going to be and why you can help us. Um, now, you got Miami, 
You got South Beach. You got no state taxes. So you do have those things. You got Tootsies. You got things going for tootsies. you. <laughs> you got things going for you. Um, you know, Publix and Walgreens have liquor stores in there. It's amazing. Here in North Carolina, it, it, the religious belt, uh, Bible belt, like literally it's all state-run, commissioned ABCs only. There's no like private liquor stores or anything. They're, they're attached to goddamn grocery stores down there. It's incredible. You have a ease of that to sell that. But you have to give them something more than that and just money. And I don't want to just overpay for guys a la Nadamakansu. You have to bring in guys that want to be in Miami, that buy in the Flores, and that really want to help the rookies we're going to be bringing in with all the draft capital we have. But Chris Greer is going to have to have that plan in place to sell these guys and these agents and these guys that want to come here that are free agents and have a plan in place to pair them together uh, so we're not just spending and bringing in a bunch of guys that don't give a shit. I, I love the fact that Tootsie's is part of the the sales pitch to these free agents. Like, hey, do you guys want to meet Lawrence? Do you guys want to meet Lawrence Taylor? Yeah, okay, we have a place. We know where he's at. He's upstairs. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> like knowing exactly. He's a Tony uh, Soprano of like, of like the, the Miami. Uh, remind me, I think you know the story, but I'll tell you the Lawrence Lawrence Taylor Tootsie's story off uh, off air here. Uh, it kind of involves you actually. Um, wow, I think we have to overpay. Uh, yeah, I know you don't want to overpay, but we have enough. Uh, salary cap room. I, I, we're going to have more money than anybody else. That you're going to have to overpay for talent, and 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 hopefully they do it in a smart way. I don't think you do it for wide receiver. Which, by the way, you know, congratulations to Devonte Parker who just got himself a four year extension worth forty million dollars, and he's earned it. I'm glad he's here. Well, I, I don't, don't think I would have said that again four or five weeks ago, um, especially not a year ago at this time. But uh, if anybody deserves it, it's Devonte Parker, uh, which means now the Miami Dolphins have Devonte Parker. They have. Jakeem Grant, they have Preston Williams, who's coming back whenever he comes back from his injury, and uh, that other guy that we just re-signed for two years, whose name I don't even remember at Hearns. this point. Yeah, Alan Hearns, who was with the, uh, I think, the Jaguars and the Cowboys, if I'm not mistaken, yes. previous two. So you I'm have your... Yeah, you have your four, and maybe that's the maybe that's the tactic. Maybe you have to go after free agents who are already familiar with Miami and understand it, and say, "Hey, I want to go back." Uh, maybe that's maybe that's yep. part of the strategy. We did too. it with Walford too. Yeah, so now we have now we have uh, four wide receivers under contract um, that are going to be here. I, I don't know if it's a position of need. I, you know, I do wonder if Devontae Parker, since the contract year, if that's why he balled out, or if it's more of Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Devontae Parker. Either way, they've tapped into something here now where I think he's got a lot of confidence, and you're just betting your money that you know what Devontae Parker is going to be our guy. Um, so you're probably not going to bring in a lot of wide receiver talent in terms of free agency. You're not going to overpay other people's wide receivers to come here. I think where you're going to overpay is you're going to have to overpay you know defensive ends you're going to have to overpay yes. offensive linemen and you're going to have to pay you know overpay uh, none of the skill position players because we'll talk about that when we talk about the draft but you're going to have to you know those gritty guys you're going to have to overpay them and say look I know we were bad this year but look look where we have the ability to grow and we're willing to pay you we're, we're willing to bet money and even more money than anyone else will pay you that you will succeed here once we pair you with this coaching staff the existing talent and then the new talent that we're bringing in through the draft I think you will I think you'll have to overpay for some of these guys. And people are going to criticize the contracts, not understanding that, you know what, we have to invest more than other teams like the Patriots because we don't have the history of success like those teams do. So we have to pay more through the nose to get those guys. And that makes sense. Like you said, as long as it's good decisions and it's guys that are come in and are willing to buy in. That's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest yeah. thing. I don't want a guy to just want to be a culture fit. Yeah. Yeah. A culture fit that's going to come in. Flores is a no nonsense guy. 
Um, but these guys love him, and they buy into him. You saw him that first win, how they dunked him with the Gatorade. He got the game ball from Steven Ross, and the, the players, especially the young players, Baker, McMillan, and and um, and uh, Wilkins, these guys that have been chewed out by Flores publicly on the sideline, um, love him, flock to him, hug him. You know, like the, That's the guys that buy into it, and that's huge to me, seeing these first, second, third-year players that are buying into it. That that's that's a big deal. Uh, meanwhile, in New York, there literally someone has purchased a sign w- and photoshopped a clown makeup on Adam Gase, wanting him fired after year one. So I think the difference is um, the talent he has in New York and what he's doing with it and the talent he had here in Miami and obviously failed. Flores is doing things with guys you've never even heard of where all you're doing as a fan, as a beat reporter, as somebody that's actually even closely resembling paying attention to the Miami Dolphins are chomping at the bit to see what, what this guy can do with an actual team, with yeah. a team full of talent. And, and that's what I want to see. I want to see what Flores can do with guys that are bought in, first, second round guys, free agents that are ready to play, ready to win, and see what he can do and how he can coach him up. Because obviously he's got the staff in place where we're doing things like we've talked about before with the least amount of penalties in a league and the discipline and the guys exceeding even though they shouldn't. They had like no business exceeding like the Lairds and the Gaskins and Parker all of a sudden turning it on in year four. Those guys that are doing this under Flores has hope for a fan that he's going to do even bigger and better things once he has an actual, solid, reputable NFL team and roster under his belt. Uh, I want to talk about that roster build after we come back from these commercials because I had a couple of either-or scenarios for you, Chris, that I uh, I want to run by because I want to get your take as a former collegiate athlete yourself as to uh, what you would do, gun to your head, if you had either A or B available to you. So we'll talk about that as well as Misery Loves Company and then wrap up this episode of Welcome to Perfectville right after these words. Want to know what life is really like after the game is all over? Real athletes are here to share their true stories of adversity and triumph every week on After Orange Slices. Even if you don't like sports, pro athletes, former college stars, celebrities, coaches, public speakers, doctors, and all kinds of experts, join the show, and there's a little bit of something for everybody. Join me, Bridget, for a slice of inspiration, plus your everyday sports news sprinkled in. New episodes every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, available anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, citizens, it is halftime here at Perfectville, which means you have time to go get yourself another beer, go take a leak from the last beer that you drank, and then think about all of those awful stores you're going to have to go shop at when you're done listening to this. That's right, shopping. Nobody wants to do it anymore. Long lines, loud kids, smelly people in front of you. It sucks. That's why I do my shopping at Amazon.com. And you can too. All you have to do is go to WelcomeToPerfectville.com, click on the Amazon link, and get all of your shopping done with just a click of a mouse. No hidden fees, no extra charges. But by clicking on the banner on our website first, you help out your favorite podcast and keep the lights on in the town of Perfectville. And all you got to do as a citizen of Perfectville is go to WelcomeToPerfectville.com, click on the Amazon.com banner, and do all of your online shopping from there. Hey, you can even order more beer. Lucky you. All right, now back to the show. All right, Chris, I'm drinking, you're drinking, I assume. Um, And I started thinking of this. You know, we're talking about the draft and our draft capital as well as what we need to do for free agency. So I'm going to throw a couple scenarios at you, either or game, right? We know what this is. It's self-explanatory. Either you can have A or you can have B, and then you tell me why. Support that position. You understand? Got it. 
All right, so uh, we are we all agree that we're going to need a long term quarterback. It sounds like Cam Newton is going to come on to uh, the free agency <laughs> market. So either or, would you either would you rather have Cam Newton or draft Tua? Uh, draft Tua. Draft Tua. Um, Why would you take Tua over and former <clears throat> NFL MVP in Cam Newton? I like Cam Newton. I'm I'm going to preface with that. I live here in Charlotte. Um, he has been, and I've mentioned before about the, um, I'll, I'll just call it racism here in the South of why he's very well judged by a lot of people. He here, like especially locally, his own fans. Like I, I've never seen it, and I'm on the outside looking in, and I see, and I talk to coworkers, and I talk to clients at the at at, at work, and they're like, "Oh, can't wait till that Cam Newton's gone. I can't stand him dancing around and blah blah blah." But it's like it's fine when Tebow was doing it. Like okay, sure, he's jumping up and he's fit first downing and flexing to the crowd, and that's cool. It's all amped up. Cam Newton gets up and and dances on somebody, and yeah, you know, he's an idiot. So. That aside, I I like Cam Newton as a player. I I think he overthrows a lot. I think he throws off his back foot. Um, But the danger he comes with um, and the way he plays the game is fun and cool to watch, but it's not sustainable. Mm. He's just – he's a huge, gigantic man that runs fast, that throws hard, and he plays like he is Jerome Bettis, but he's a quarterback. And you can't give that guy a lot of money. You can't trade a lot of draft picks for him. He's already coming off yet again another injury after a shoulder injury. Took him out last year. Now he's got this foot injury. And you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You can't sit there and make him a pocket passer just like the Ravens didn't with Lamar Jackson. They bought into it. you got to let him fly. you got to let him play. But to do that, you're possibly missing him for eight games, right. six games. You know, And that's tough. Now, Tua coming off an injury look to be pretty rough now reports are saying that he's gonna make a full recovery he'll be fine we'll see i mean obviously we got to take the medicals uh, and everything like that yes he's had a couple ankle injuries and ankle surgery they call it a surgery it's like you know like a little pins things like that honestly his ankle's probably stronger than the other one that has his natural ligaments and things like that so you're looking at two injury prone guys, one coming from college, one already in the NFL. The problem for me is, is that it might possibly cost more than first round, one first round to get Cam Newton, which I doubt, but it's possible the Panthers are holding out for that, or you might get him for a fourth. Who knows? My whole thing is this Flores and the Patriots offense and O'Shea, they don't fit Cam Newton. Cam Newton doesn't play the quick, short, intermediate route, throwing the guy open. He can't do it. I've watched it. He overthrows guys and simple five-yard outs on quick uh, hitches and over the middle. He's overthrowing, skying guys. It, it just isn't his game. He's more of a spread, throw it out, throw it deep, hit the deep post. So Tua is a guy that's going to come in. He's disciplined. He comes from the Saban, technically the Belichick tree. Um and he will run, too. He's athletic, but he's a guy that you can definitely work around, too. All everybody talks about is his slant throwing. He, he throws slants. He's, he's good with it. So those are short, intermediate routes. This fits this offense. So if I'm going to go with two injured quarterbacks, if I have him fall to me at two or three where we are overall, and he's got a clean bill of health, obviously there's a lot of this going into it. Uh, I take two over new and all day. 
I take two as well, and part of it is, yes, they're both injured, but one is going to be considerably cheaper, both financially and in draft capital. And, and younger. Tua. And we know what Cam Newton is at this point. He's 30 years old. He's a good quarterback. I, I'm not going to take that away from him, but I don't know if this team is built for somebody like Cam Newton to lead it, and I don't think he takes him to the Super Bowl. And I don't know if Tua does either, but I think Cam's more of a proven point that he can't uh, versus Tua, who, you know, uh, maybe he can. Who knows? Uh, all right, so uh, the next one, next scenario here. Both drafts, uh, rookies. It, let's just say it's our pick, Chris. It's the Miami Dolphins. They're on the clock. And staring at you is the aforementioned Tua, Tua Uh quarterback out of <laughs> Alabama, and Chase Young, defensive edge rusher out of Ohio State. Both areas of need, uh, both areas of big need for the Miami Dolphins. Which way do you go? Do you go Chase Young out of Ohio State, who is currently suspended for whatever reason, or do you go Tua, Tua, Blua, a quarterback out of Alabama, uh, also a, a position of deed for the Miami Dolphins. Which way do you go? Tua, and I don't even think twice. Ooh, look at that. That and was... you, And do you want to know why? I do. We had a guy and have had a guy and two guys named Cam Wake. Yes. And Jason Taylor. Uh-huh. Gold jacket wearing Jason Taylor. And we've won zero Super Bowls. That's true. With either of them. They both played together. And we won zero Super Bowls. We had Jason Taylor and Trace Armstrong, zero Super Bowls. We had Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan, Brock Marion, and Tim Bowens, Daryl Gardner, zero Super Bowls. Okay? You need a quarterback. Now, everybody's going to bring up the, you know, the Ravens yeah. quarterback you know, back in the day. And, of course, Dan Marino didn't yeah. win one. Sure. You need a team, though. And we need more than just a pass rusher. And in my opinion, pass rusher is a dime a dozen. You're looking at guys like Beagle and Ben Ginkle are getting pressure and they're making plays and they're cast offs. They're guys you never even heard of. Sure, there's and then I'll even flip the coin and you look at a high priced, high dollar free agent or a draft pick like Jadavian Clowney. He isn't exactly breaking Michael Strahan's record or even coming close to it. So it's a dime a dozen, and it's a crapshoot when it comes to defensive ends and pass rushers. It could be anyone. Look at Charles Harris. We passed on T.J. Watt to get Charles Harris. He won't be on our team less this year. T.J. Watt's probably a Pro Bowler. I haven't even looked at it. You know, you got guys. It, it's few and far between. Quarterbacks, however, you need one that you can build around. You need a quarterback to. he touches the ball every single snap. So we've had Jason Taylor uh, with Jay Fiedler and with Trent Green, and with Gus Farratt, and these guys that just led us nowhere. And we wasted a career, Hall of Fame career. Um, If it comes between the two, Chase Young is great, yes, but he's also been shut out the last two games. Like, Like, Michigan completely took him out of the game. He didn't do anything. And Ohio State killed Michigan. He didn't do anything. And it's just so easy to take them out of a game. You need a quarterback, so I'd take two a hand over foot no problem okay uh, and i would agree with you I, I think everyone will go back and say hey uh well what about dan marino the greatest quarterback of all time for the miami dolphins didn't win a super bowl but you're right um I, I think you get further with a quarterback than you do uh with those defensive ends and edge rushers and and dan marino did make a super bowl so you know you yeah. could say uh you could make the argument that yeah he he did have the talent to make it there he just ran into a 49ers team that had pro bowlers at literally every and then single the, and then the bills in the 90s i mean he just ran into a buzz hall and the thing is is marino we're winning eight nine ten eleven games a season just put it in the bank if you're a better you bet on the dolphins over every year because he had dan marino we're not doing that without dan marino and just a fantastic unbelievable pass rusher you're not doing it. 
No, you're not. All right, I got one more for you. Uh, Austin Ekelar, uh, he is going to be a free agent. Uh, he's mm. currently with the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, it is a restricted free agent, so we do, we should talk about that. But let's just say, for some reason, he com- becomes free and clear. Uh, Austin Ekelar uh, is out there next year. Do you invest money into getting Austin Ekelar, or do you invest draft capital into getting uh, the running back out of Wisconsin? Uh, what's his name? Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that is a tough one because I want to think analytically, Eklar fits. He fits. He catches the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. He runs the ball. That is like the quintessential Patriots style offense guy that can just do things from the backfield as a running back. So that is tough. Taylor, meanwhile, is a monster. And However, he, he, there's a lot of monsters that have come out of Wisconsin because they literally have dump trucks as <laughs> offensive linemen <laughs> destroying people and giving you a chance to run. I'll say this. I'll just make it quick and easy because I went long-winded the first two. I'll take Eklar over Taylor, and here's why. Taylor reminds me of the actor from Home Improvement, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, way too much, and it drives me crazy. Eklar all day. <laughs> Well, that is uh, by far the worst analysis I've ever heard, but uh, <laughs> I will take it. Now, uh, one thing, I, I, you know, Michael Dieter, Dieter, whatever the fuck, how you pronounce his name, uh, he was one of those dump trucks that you were talking about at, with uh, Wisconsin last year. So you do have some familiarity with uh, Mr. Dieter being on the offensive line and then Jonathan Taylor behind him, which, by the way, Jonathan Taylor ran for like over 2,000 yards uh, while Dieter was running in front of him. Uh, but I do love that Austin, Austin Eckler almost has as many yards uh, received as Devonte Parker, like think about Holy that shit. process. That 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 is, and you look at the Patriots, and we keep talking about the Patriots. So you know, why do you keep bringing up the Patriots? Well, the the staff of the Miami Dolphins are all Patriot bred, including their offensive in Chad O'Shea. They love those running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield, and yes. uh, Austin Eckler can do just that. So I agree with you. I think of all things being equal, and you don't have to give up any draft capital or very little for Austin Eckler. You go Austin Eckler. You put him in the backfield, and then uh, you wish Jonathan Taylor good luck with the Tampa. Bay Buccaneers or wherever the fuck he's going to end up. And, uh, well, because my thing, you, you, you mentioned the yards with Taylor. Uh, yes, his yards are fantastic, incredible. Uh, but we have a guy on our team named Gaskins mm-hmm. who all four years at Washington had over 1,000 yards rushing, freshman to senior year. And he's breaking off a clip of 25 in the NFL. You need yeah. a line. Uh, so Taylor looks great behind the Wisconsin line, but who doesn't? And, Sam, before we move on, I got one for you, buddy. All right. All right, gun to your head, right? We're doing Ooh. the gun to your head game. Uh, uh, it was the either or game, but you just you oh, ramped it up. Well, now. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Let's let's fucking Ooh. put some put some sweat on this. <laughs> um, <laughs> gun to your head. Um, you're guaranteed a playoff berth, but nothing nothing else is guaranteed. You don't know what it, what's going to pr- transpire. You can lose in the wild card round. You don't know. It's it's like the genie game where like uh, there's like an asterisk there. Um, or you move forward with our just normal draft capital. Um, Tom Brady is available. The story came out. The story broke. It's, a, it's an internal guy. Or, or fuck the game. I just want your opinion on it, Sam. Tom Brady to the Dolphins for the next two years. Yay or nay? I'm um, I'm all for it. I'm 100% for it. Ooh, I would tell me I, about it. Oh, I don't give a shit who's mad at me right now. I am 100% 
for it. You know, there was something that happened recently in baseball where Madison Bumgarner, who uh, was with the San Francisco Giants, has a, an ERA of like .01 in the World Series for his like three times that he was there. He absolutely hates the Dodgers. He yells at the Dodgers, throws balls at the Dodgers, gets in fights with the Dodgers. And all of a sudden it came out that, well, you know what? There's mutual interest between Madison Bumgarner and the Dodgers. And all my Dodgers fans were like, you know what? I don't want him on my team. I'm like, I absolutely want him on my team just so I could go to Giants fans and be like, oh, check out our new pitcher. He's an awesome guy. I think you guys will like him. His name is Madison Bumgarner. He is a Dodger baby. <laughs> Dodger for life. I would love to go to the Patriots. Patriots fans who are everywhere now, just popping up like zits on a teenager's ass, just telling everybody that, you know what? We got a quarterback. His name's Tom Brady. And I've always liked that Tom Brady. He's never cheated. Uh, the butt chin looks perfectly <laughs> round right there. Uh, he's an amazing guy. He's an amazing player. Uh, man, can you imagine Tom Brady and Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterbacks going in the next year? <laughs> Just imagine I, I would, those two. I, I would sign up for that in, in a heartbeat, dude. Like, I, I almost want to do that in Madden just to see what it would look like. It want, just would yeah. cause – our show would benefit so much from that. I want Tom Brady and Ryan Fitzpatrick on the same field, on the same team, at the same the time. Cop movie. I, yeah, and, you know, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick lines up as a wide receiver. I don't know. I mean, who knows what goes on there? And they're just playing catch back and forth, up and down the field. They're just throwing, you know, laterals to each other, running up two yards and then throwing it the other way and then throwing it back and forth until they get themselves a touchdown one way or the other, and then they make out. I don't know what happens. It's weird. But I would, I would pay money once again for Miami Dolphins football if we compare Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tom Brady together – next season in 2020 I, I we would be can you imagine we would be the talk oh. of the town imagine magic johnson joining larry bird with the celtics <laughs> like imagine that dude like seriously like honestly you sign tom brady you, you you your first three first round picks you just take linemen offensive linemen make sure you give them time then your two second round picks it's all pass rush maybe a corner sign some free agents the bombs that Brady would be throwing to Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson, all of a sudden these guys turn into the next Tariq Hills because like he's just like throwing deep and he's in aqua and orange and shit. We've hated him for the last twenty years. I just like I feel like the Joker right now. Like I just want I just want chaos to happen. I, I want just want chaos. it to be crazy. And that would be when that story broke. I, I told my wife I was like. They say, like, Miami's a good landing spot. She was like, and I, I swear to God, and I quote, she was like, uh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, that's her that's her quote. And But that's the feeling for everyone. And you and I are both the same. I think that's why we've had so much success here and we've done this for so long. I would, I would trade a good, like, build up and, like, the team building correctly in the right way just for that to happen to see the national reaction. I, I would just, I would oh, shit my pants. My God, I, the yeah. pants. Every all of a sudden, people are hating Tom Brady being on the. He would like do good things and throw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. And Dolphin fans are like, "Still fuck him for like the tuck rule. Like he's such a bitch." And you're like, "What? Like he's winning for us?" <laughs> no, it would be it would be the first. Look, I'm a Laker fan. LeBron James came to the Lakers last year, and I was like, "This is a good move." Laker fans were flipping out. They're like spray painting over the murals of LeBron James in L.A. And they lost. So they're like, "We hate him. We don't like him. He's not part of us." And all of a sudden, you pair him with Anthony Davis, and they're like twenty four and four, and they're like, That's... "Okay, he's all." right he's okay you win games nobody gives a shit but this is what i do this is our new strategy we get tom brady we keep ryan fitzpatrick we keep josh rosen we draft tua we sign cam newton we sign cam (laughs) newton and then we place we place some like you know marijuana or coke inside justin herbert's piss test so when he's at the combine so he drops to us we draft him with the pittsburgh steelers draft pick and then we turn around and get jake Fromm with the texans and then we just have all the quarterbacks (laughs) That's what I want. We put Cam Newton. We can put Cam Newton at fullback. 
Fitzpatrick at running back because obviously he just wants to run people over. Uh, Brady at quarterback because he can't do anything else. Herbert looks pretty athletic. A lot of comparisons to Tannehill. And I don't know if you know this, Sam. Tannehill played receiver in college. (laughs) So Herbert might be athletic as well. And then you got Fromm, who obviously could just be the traditional backup. And then Rosen can be the accountant. It'd be great. Well, that is a very racist thing that you just said about Josh Rosen, and I don't appreciate that, but that's okay. I'm going to let it slide because it is the holiday season, and I disagree with you about how you're positioning. I have all those guys on the bench, and I just start uh, Austin Eckler as quarterback, and he can just throw the ball to himself. And Eckler Wildcat. <laughs> We just go wildcat the entire time. We have With all the, all the quarterbacks on all the on the sideline, just all on the sideline. Teams like, are like calling, us, like begging to trade, and we're like, nope. Yeah, nope, and we're we just like, nope. We're we need them. Keep... We need them. What if what I can are... play? Like, yeah. I mean, they're gonna quit. Like, you're not gonna get paid. You're gonna play baseball. It's uh, a good plan. I like our plan. I think our plan's better than what Chris Greer is gonna do. I, I'll just say that. All right. Well, uh, that would actually be miserable. I don't know. I, you know, all, all, all kidding aside, I think uh, if Tom Brady comes to Dolphins, fuck it. I don't care. Well, I've seen weirder. Okay, Thurman Thomas was weird in a Miami Dolphins jersey. Chris Carter too. Chris Carter was weird in a Miami Dolphins jersey. <laughs> the fact that Dan Marino almost went to the Minnesota Vikings was weird. I mean, shit. Emmett Emmett Smith as a Cardinal, Jerry Rice as a Raider. I mean, Joe Montana as a Chief. Shit happens. So you know, Sam, you weren't. You didn't live in South Florida, and the internet wasn't very big back then. So I wonder if you've even seen it, but there was a uh, somebody I, I I won't say Photoshop. I don't think Photoshop was available then. But in between the '99 and 2000 season, I remember specifically either the Palm Beach Post, the Miami Herald, or the Sun Sentinel. One of the three. The cover was Marino not done yet, like in a question mark. Yes, and he was quote unquote photoshopped and like in a Vikings in yep. Tampa Bay yep. uniform, and it I've looked. Seen it. Okay, it looked unbelievable. I remember getting that newspaper as a kid, and I was like, "What the fuck? I can't imagine this guy playing in Minnesota." I mean, that was that was crazy times. There was one, uh, I think it was Sports Illustrated. There was a cover, and it was Michael Jordan, and it, and it showed him in a Lakers jersey, Knicks jersey, mm. and I, I don't know, like Hornets jersey or something like that. And it was just like, "Oh, where where is Michael Jordan going next?" I'm like, I, "That's weird. It doesn't look right to me at all." So no, I, I would be okay with Tom Brady if he uh, if he joined. The Miami Dolphins, although I think other people would be miserable, which leads us to, of course, a very quick and truncated misery loves company. Of course, the Miami Dolphins lose to the very awful New York Giants. Uh, So they're miserable, but they're not the only ones that are miserable this week or every week. There's other people in the NFL that are on the chair of despair. Chris, kick us off. Who else is joining the Miami Dolphins this week with misery loves company? Oh, I'll tell you who's miserable. We're miserable. We lost to the Giants, like you said. I'll give you another uh, team that's miserable, and it's uh, uh, some team you mentioned a little bit earlier about Dan Marino facing in the Super Bowl is one chance, and that is the 49ers losing to the hapless Falcons in a 29-22 game showing that uh, anyone is beatable. The un- And I watched the end of the game. It was unbelievable. Julio Jones, uh, or um, as my son called it because he reads very literal, uh, Julio Jones. Uh, caught a touchdown pass at the goal line, floating over the line of scrimmage, basically, and winning that game there. Matt Ryan went fucking ballistic and, like, threw his arms out and cheered because they get the 12th overall pick in the draft now instead of the 8th, and he's happy about it. Um, yeah, we've been there. And the 49ers lost. They're 11-3 and now in a hot battle in the last two weeks of the season for Seattle to win that division. They play the Rams on, not Sunday, Saturday night. 
Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with you. I think that's a really good one. My one is actually a, a, another team uh, that you had just mentioned, uh, and that is the Atlanta Falcons. They are joining us on the couch of chair and despair and the misery loves company because they beat the Niners, and they're already done for this season. They wanted to get a higher draft pick and probably replace Matt Ryan with a quarterback of the future, and you know what they did instead? They fucked around and got a victory against the 49ers, fucked up their entire draft capital, and now they're going to be stuck in mediocrity for a very long time with no one. They're probably going to get themselves like a fucking middle linebacker that does nothing for five years instead of a quarterback that they can actually transition from Matt Ryan into whoever that's going to be next, be it Justin Herbert, Jake Fromm, any of those guys, assuming we don't draft them with my plan. The Atlanta Falcons screw up their own little mini tank job by beating the San Francisco 49ers and messing up their future plans. Atlanta Falcons, 49ers, both on the couch next to the Miami Dolphins. Who's next? Oh, this one here, they're standing over the couch, teabagging the rest. They're so bad. This is the team joining us on Misery Loves Company. And it's not just a team, Sam. It's it's an extension of a team. But it is the crew of the New England Patriots that got caught fucking cheating again. They were filming the fucking sideline of the goddamn one-win Cincinnati Bengals and claimed they were filming B-roll for a fucking, like, goddamn documentary. Are you fucking serious? The NFL is looking at this. Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, all suckling the teat of Roger Goodell simultaneously is coming out saying, well, they may lose, like, a late-round draft pick, but no big deal. They're fucking filming the coaches on the sideline, not the fans, not the clouds moving, not the jets flying over, not the play on the field, but the sideline. Why are they filming? Well, fantastically, Fox released the actual footage of a fucking security guard for the Bengals confronting these guys, and they're like, oh, hey, calm down. We'll just delete it. This is the only copy we have. I'll just delete it. No one will ever see it. And they're like, what are you doing here? And they're like, we're filming for a documentary. We're filming XX and X. And they're like, um, it doesn't look like that's what you're filming. You're filming the fucking direct sideline. Here we are again, flaming on the cheating Patriots. And then Belichick comes down and is like, they have no part of the football operations. I don't even know who those guys are. Meanwhile, like, his daughter's married to the guy's son, and they're clearly, uh, you know, colluding. And it's just the biggest bullshit I've ever seen. They should be fucking banned from the playoffs. Yes, banned from the playoffs. A, because they're filming another team, and B, it was the fucking one-win Bengals. Jesus Christ, how big's your yacht got to be? Yeah, if there's ever a team to not film, it would be the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, I don't even think they're filming their own practices. They've been so bad this year. I mean, it's just, why would you ever do that? But uh, this is what they do, and this is why you have to have stiffer penalties early on in the process because they keep doing this shit. Because what they do, oh, we're going to take a first-round pick from you. Okay, we're going to trade this guy and get two first-round picks instead. They shouldn't be allowed to have any any first-round picks, second-round picks. They should be banned until at least the fifth round for the next couple of seasons. They just forfeit everything. But, no, they're not going to do that. Uh, Hopefully they do. Hopefully they get pissed enough, and they're like, you know what? This isn't worth it. You guys aren't the cash cow you used to be. You're not as good as you used to be. We don't have to protect you anymore. And by the way, this is the 18th time that you guys have cheated. I agree. The Misery Loves Company. Um, and, and if they were filming a documentary, it was probably How to Cheat and Get Away with It. That's the name of the documentary. Uh, well, here's that's the thing, and Sam. I will, I, will, I will load up on this. Dan Orblowski, who did play in the NFL um, not long, but he played in the NFL. He was a quarterback. He was on teams. He was in locker rooms. He literally he was on said... Teams. 
<laughs> he literally said he came out and said on first take on ESPN, he said every time they went to New England, they were told to not leave their playbook or anything in their hotel rooms. Don't leave it. Don't go out to dinner and leave it. Don't go to the mall shopping and leave it. Don't take your wife to the spa and leave it. That was their instructions, and that was the – them in Minnesota, I think he said it was, was the only two cities that they were instructed by their coaches to not do it. Why? They had made service, possibly taking playbooks and paid wow. to do things. Dude, these guys are fucking frauds. They're goddamn criminals. They bug playrooms. Pete Manning has come out and said they had to use code words in the locker room because they're worried it was bugged and mic'd all the times so that the microphones go out and the communications, the comms go out on the sidelines, the deflate gate, the filming. I mean, how many fucking more do you need? I'm, am I saying they're not a good team? No, they're a good team. I hate people that are saying that they're a good team because of that. But when you're doing all these things wrong, the fucking classic, if there's smoke, there's fire, holds true. And this fucking franchise has goddamn red-handed prints all over everything, the entire league, and they're getting away with it. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying, which is why we got to get Tom Brady out of there, out of that terrible, awful <laughs> environment and to the Miami it's Dolphins. old. He's warm weather. We can hide him inside of Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard. It'll be just fine. We will all be fine once Sir Captain Lord and Savior Tom Brady comes to the Miami Dolphins and wins four Super Bowls in two years, uh, <laughs> and we film the entire thing from the sidelines that 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 day that day right there which by the way uh as an offside i, I know we got to go we're, we're up against the clock here but this all of this filming came about because eric mangini there's a name you haven't heard of in a while eric Ooh. mangini became the jets coach and he knew exactly what they were doing because he was a part of it and he's the one who exposed yes. this to begin with and was like hey they're fucking cheating over there and then from there i mean if it really thank you eric mangini i never thought i'd say that but eric mangini is one of the reasons why the new england patriots now have the tainted and tarnished legacy that they do is because he exposed them for all their bullshit. And uh, who would have thought that Eric Mangini, of all people, uh, would turn out to be the man genius, not because he's a good offensive play caller or a good head coach, because he's terrible at that and he's awful at announcing, but because he exposed the fraudulent <laughs> behavior of Bill Belichick and everyone else. He's also a weird-looking person. Yeah, that's actually how we're going to end the show, because there's no other way. <laughs> you don't top that. You're absolutely right. I'm not going to refute that. I'm going to agree with that. He is a very weird-looking person. He's got one saggy man tit and then one thing that's, like, flat on the other side. I don't know if there's he a medical like, condition going on there. He looks like Rudy actor Sean Astin's stunt double. Yeah, he, if he got stung by, like, a thousand bees at the same time <laughs> and just got all exploded up. So. All right, Chris. Oh, Do you want to talk about fantasy football and the okayest league of all time? Uh, no, I suck. No, I don't want to either. Screw whoever's in the finals. I don't know who's in the finals, uh, but good luck to you, I guess. Uh, you got a T-shirt coming your way or, or a hoodie or a car. Maybe we'll get you a car. We'll buy Probably you a former car. NFL football player Jordan Gross. Jordan Gross, congratulations. You were okay as a football player, and you are okay as a fantasy football player. Good on you. Uh, no, we'll talk about the winners. We'll debut the winners on the next episode of Welcome to Perfectville. But until then, Chris, anything you want to say? That's it. Well, on behalf of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media podcast network, and of course, Manscaped.com, all I have to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.